Emily Abend, the creative partner for worship at the local church, and you are listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina. We gather for worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in person at Woods Charter School in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke in the New Testament, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink, later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God. This week I was having coffee with a friend uh, who told me about the world's largest living organism. I was blown away by this. Some of you may already know about it. Uh, You can find it in Fish Lake National Forest, about 200 miles south of Salt Lake City in Utah, about 90 miles north of Bryce Canyon. Estimates put the weight of this largest living organism at a staggering 6 million kilograms. It's about 6,600 tons, approximately 33 blue whales. It's big. Y'all, some believe it's probably also among the oldest, too, with estimates putting the age of this organism somewhere between 80,000 and 1 million years old. But if you go looking for it in Fish Lake National Forest, it may catch you by surprise, because when you get there, all you'd see is this, which looks like a forest, doesn't it? It's like your basic grove of trees. Here's another picture. They're beautiful, aren't they? I love the gold that just pops in the autumn. And so you might be asking yourself, what am I missing? Here's one more look. But this is it. This is it. This, believe it or not, is the world's largest living organism. Because all of the trees you see in this picture is actually one single tree. Yeah, it's called the pando tree. 
and it stretches over 106 acres there in Fish Lake National Forest. Scientists' best guess, as I said, put it around 80,000 years old. Pando is Latin for I spread, which checks out. Checks out. And the fascinating thing about this pando tree and why it's the world's largest living organism is that it doesn't grow the way normal trees do. That's how it started, but that's not how it's going. Scientists believe that the pando tree began its life with a seed millions of years ago, as most trees do. But back then, the climate was different in Utah. And then, about 10,000 years ago, the Earth's climate began to shift. The weather in Utah went from humid with a little bit of rainfall, decent amount, to mostly dry and arid. And this inhibited the pando tree's ability to flower, to produce seeds, to reproduce through germination. And so instead, the tree evolved in a really cool way. It began to reproduce through what's called suckering. It's a great name, isn't it? Suckering? I'm not a biologist, as you know, Jimmy, especially you. Um, But as best I can gather... In this process, the root system grows not only in depth, but also in breadth. It grows outward laterally, and then new stems, in this case the size of tree trunks, shoot upward out of the root system. Stems shoot upward out of the root system, creating what look like a bunch of single trees that are actually just stems of a larger tree that shares a single root system. This pando tree has roughly 47,000 stems in all. And this image, this next one, gives you a sense of just how big the pando tree is. Isn't that cool? So I want you to hold this, hold this, hold on to this in your mind today as we think about the scripture and continue our Grow Local series. More on that in a bit. But first, I want to welcome you again to the local church. So good to have you here, to be with you this morning, to worship God, to be a part of what God's up to in this corner of creation and wherever you are participating online this morning as well. My name is Brent. I have the great joy of serving as the pastor, and we hope for three things each and every time we gather in any capacity. We want you to feel affirmed, anchored, and empowered. That is affirmed in your humanity and belovedness as the child of God that you are. Uh, We want you to feel anchored in the good news that we share together each and every week and empowered to take that good news then and to love where you are, to live out our mission, God's mission, to love where you are, affirmed, anchored, and empowered all by God's grace. We want you to know that wherever you are in your spiritual journey or on no journey at all, you have a place here, the local church. We give God thanks for you. Um, You belong here, your full, authentic self, and we thank God for you. This is something we say each and every time we get together, and it's purposeful. Because if it's your first time hearing it, then you need to hear it. Or maybe, maybe it's been a week in which you need one more reminder of how full to the brim of goodness, belovedness you are. Maybe it's what your soul is yearning for today. So that's why we say it each week. Can't get tired of it. This community changes for the better each and every time someone new connects uh, in life-giving ways, this, this community changes. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, we'd love the opportunity uh, to do that. And as Leah said, if you've got your prayer card, we'd love for you to fill that out and bring it forward a little bit later, place it in the baskets when we come up for communion. And there's also a number that you can text, uh, which we should have. Uh, if you have a confidential uh, prayer request, only goes to me, 984-214-8852. You can text PRAY 
to 984-214-8852. That goes, if you're online with us this uh, morning as well. So we thank God for each and every one of you, and we don't take your presence for granted. As I mentioned earlier, it's the third week of our Grow Local series. More than a series, we actually hope that this few weeks, these few weeks uh, set an intention for us both as individuals and as a faith community. We hope they remind you who you are and what we're about. We want to be a people who grow local. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're parsing it out over these few weeks as well. We're asking important introspective questions about what sorts of seeds have been planted within us, about the roots that we're putting down, about the fruit that we're bearing. It's a way of asking how are we growing in depth as followers of Jesus toward greater love of God and neighbor so that we can grow in breadth toward a world of peace and justice and equity, belonging and love? What sort of growth is God giving us? These are the questions that we're sitting with. What's the growth we need to tend to? And as we ask and respond to these questions, I think we'll ultimately chart a course for what it means to be a follower of Jesus in our context, in this world, in this time, and in this place, and in this season. And we get a little grow local theme in today's scripture, don't we? Thanks, Carly, for reading this morning. Mustard seeds and mulberry trees feels right. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks again, Carly. We've been, we've been using the lectionary uh, to guide our series. The lectionary is the calendar of appointed scriptures used by churches the world over um, uh, on a given week. And, and what this is doing, it's, it's allowing us to root ourselves in, in the pattern of scripture, root ourselves in, in the church's rhythm and see what might break through the soil then. Uh, fun fact about the lectionary, today's passage is actually next week's lectionary passage. Uh, we flip-flopped a bit, but it's fine. Who's counting? We're all good. But what would be helpful to know, what would be helpful to know before we get too far into today's passage from Luke is what happens immediately before the apostles cry out, what, that they want their faith increased. Increase our faith in Luke's gospel. It comes on the heels of the story of the rich man and Lazarus, which we heard a few years, a few weeks ago, feels like years, a few weeks ago when we uh, talked about hell. Remember that? That was fun. Never doing that again. Um, but no, just kidding. I am. Uh, and then, uh, uh, so, so we heard that story a couple weeks ago. And then uh, immediately afterward, Jesus begins teaching a little bit. If your Bible has a header in it, it actually says some sayings of Jesus which tells us that they're not quite sure where it belongs. And so it just kind of, we'll put them here. Some sayings of Jesus. Um, and so at the very beginning of chapter 17, he essentially tells his disciples not to cause anyone, especially little ones, to stumble in their faith. That, that would lead to a fate worse than drowning, he says. And not only that, Jesus says, but if there's anybody who has offended you and they repent, well, you have to forgive them. That's what Jesus says. Even if it happens again and again and again. Ugh, I know, Jesus killing our vibe again. I get it. And I know I'm not the only one who knows how hard forgiveness can be, right? I know I'm not the only one who knows how hard it can be to follow Jesus, to extend grace to somebody else, to show compassion for those on the other side of fill in the blank aisle from you. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Y'all, y'all good with that? Everybody's good with that? It's hard enough to some days just be a decent human being. You know, right? Some days it's not easy. 
And this is true of the apostles who hear this too. They feel the weight of these expectations that Jesus has just explained about, about not causing anyone to stumble and about forgiveness. And that's why they cry out to Jesus saying, increase our faith, increase our faith. And I got to be honest, this is where I'm left scratching my head a little bit. Because notice, this isn't just anybody asking for more faith, right? These are the apostles who are asking for more faith. Those who have left their homes, left their jobs, left their families, dropped everything to follow this teacher from Nazareth. That takes a lot of faith already. A lot of loyalty, a lot of trust. And they're the ones asking for more? (laughs) They're the ones who need more? If they're asking for more, then what hope is there for us? You know? Maybe you felt like the apostles at times of of not measuring up, of feeling overwhelmed by the task of being a good Christian. Maybe there have been days when uh, you've thought, well, if I had more faith in fill in the blank, wouldn't be struggling so much. My illness might disappear. I wouldn't worry as much. I'd be able to fix any number of problems. Maybe if I prayed more, I wouldn't be in this situation. Not only that, let's be honest, this is America, home of foot-long hot dogs, jumbo rolls of toilet paper, double-stuffed Oreos and Chipotle burritos the size of your face, monster trucks, anything you can find at Costco. This is America. We like big, right? And so perhaps we hear this passage, and the apostles cry, increase our faith, and, and, and And it doesn't seem too foreign to us, actually. It checks out because, of course, they want more. Who wouldn't want more? We're always on the hunt for more. More room in our car, bigger paycheck, a bigger home. It's the American dream, after all. Some days, I'm caught up in this, too. We've got to get more people, bigger budgets, larger space, greater influence. How many Instagram followers do we have today? But notice how Jesus responds. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. In other words, Jesus is saying with even a mustard seed sized faith, which the apostles would know is ridiculously small. There's one sitting on the tip of that finger. It's the size of a mustard seed. With even that little faith, you could pluck up an entire mulberry bush and then replant it in the sea. What's important to note here, I think, at least for me, is that Jesus isn't chastising the disciples. That's often the vibe that we get when we read and interpret this passage and Jesus' other seemingly snarky moments. But, but we always have to take a step back and consider what voice we're giving to Jesus. What voice are we giving to God? And we have to ask whether the tone aligns with who we've come to know Jesus to be. I'm often way too quick to give him a voice that chastises. If you only had the faith the size of a mustard seed, right? And that affects how we read and listen and interpret this text, doesn't it? 
But what if Jesus isn't chastising them? What if instead what he's really saying is, is that if you want to make a significant impact in somebody's life, a mulberry tree sized moment, if you want to change this world for the better and be a part of its redemption, its restoration, its mending, its healing, well, it doesn't take much faith at all. Put another way, it doesn't take much faith at all to be faithful. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't need more. Because you already have it. What you already have is enough. To demonstrate this truth, he tells a story about life in an agrarian household, uses images of a slave and a master language that would have helped him get his point across then, makes it no less problematic today. We need to say that. We got uh, to say that. But we got to remember, too, uh, that Jesus came to liberate those who were bound and set the captive free Proclaim Jubilee. Got to hold on to that truth as well as we consider what's going on in this passage, what Jesus is getting at. And as he tells the story, it becomes clear that what Jesus is getting at is, is that our faith is evidenced by just doing the thing. By just, by just doing the thing. It comes in small ways. Faith comes in small ways by simply showing up and living lives rooted in goodness justice and love and forgiveness and patience and then simply living it out. Just doing the thing. Faith is, is manifest, is evidence, demonstrated in an ordinary, mundane, small, mustard-sized, seed-sized ways. But that makes it no less profound. Jesus is making the point then in the same way, a slave simply does what's expected of him. Faith for the disciples doesn't have to be heroic either. Instead, it's just what you do. It's just what you do. Even the simplest things done in faith can have a mulberry tree-sized impact. In other words, Jesus is telling the apostles and us that we have all we need right now, already, to be faithful. Because we know our roots we share them. And living lives of faith is about noticing all the God-given opportunities that are right in front of us in every moment and every day. And we're called to simply show up and do the thing. It doesn't take much to uproot a mulberry tree and plant it in the sea. It makes me think so often of uh, what happens at funerals. Those who are being uh, remembered at a funeral, um, celebrated their lives. They may not be remembered in stained glass windows. They may not have biographies written about them or CNN documentaries that they can pull together in hours. And yet what you hear again and again and again at a funeral is how that person impacted somebody else's life, how their life was changed. Their life trajectories changed because of the simple, ordinary, mundane ways that they lived, the ways that they showed up and acted in faith. This is what Jesus is getting at. Increase your faith. You already have what you need, y'all. It's faith when, when you're checking on a friend going through a hard time. It's doling out grace when you're not sure you have any left to give. It's sending a quick text to somebody to let them know they're not alone. Let them know you're thinking of them. It's buying someone's meal just because they're sending a handwritten note to somebody. 
It's not replying to a text with that snarky comeback that you're really proud of. Instead, sitting on it a minute, offering kindness. Some days, faith is loving your kid, your boss, or your frenemy, even when they might be hard to love. It's, it's reminding yourself that they're doing the best they can. It's being gentle with yourself, inviting somebody to sit with you. It's buying groceries for a refugee family in need, which some of you got to do last weekend. And I saw it yesterday at the unveiling of the memorial for victims of lynchings here in Chatham County, showing up in remembrance and solidarity, laying claim to a better tomorrow. It's leaning into friendship, opting for a local table when the world insists instead on building walls. These are all simple ways to be faithful. The size of a mustard seed. And all of it is extraordinary. It reminds me of a maxim my friend Jerry says all the time. He's a pastor in Colorado. He says, in every moment, we've got to ask ourselves, is what I'm about to do, say, or think going to put more love in the world or less? Is what I'm about to do, say, or think going to put more love in the world or less? How about that for a measure? How about that for a rule? And another quotation by Cleo Wade to drive the point home, one that's become one of my favorites since it was shared with me. Our righteous acts create immeasurable ripples in the endless river of justice. Our righteous acts create immeasurable ripples in the endless river of justice. If you're an Enneagram three like me, or you're just human, this still may not seem like enough, big enough, extraordinary enough, impactful enough. It may never seem like enough. After all, there's so much hurt and sorrow and, and, and conflict and pain and madness in this world, how can it be? But I promise you, I promise you, it is. This is what Jesus is getting at because consider the pando tree. This morning we got to baptize Ava, welcome her into the family of God and the family of Jesus as expressed here at the local church. We covenanted with her, you covenanted to surround her with grace and knowledge and love and help raise her, raise her in Christ, help her grow her faith. In other words, we declared to Ava that we share a root system. We said to her, you are a part of us. We are a part of the same tree. And this morning by water and spirit, Ava's stem began to sprout. One more shoot rising up from broken ground to bring even more life to this world and the world's largest living organism. It didn't happen in isolation. It happened because of Jim and Cassie's faith and that of others who have loved Ava and the boy's family so well over the years. You're here. Your stems emerged because of the simple, ordinary faith of others that gave you the roots from which to emerge. Are you with me? And by God's grace and with just a little faith, Ava's roots, just like Lila's roots, and all of our roots together will cause many, many, many more stems to rise up out of the ground. This is what we mean by growing local. Our simple acts of faith, uprooting and planting. And like the mighty Pando, the faith will spread, or some might say, 
increase. You have all that you need already. So just show up. Just do the thing that you were made to do. Just do the thing you were made to do. All it takes is faith that can fit on the tip of a finger, the size of a mustard seed. Thanks be to God. Hey, it's Leah again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. For more information about The Local Church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Local Church PBO. Until next time, love where you are.